It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Educating Josh, in which the three of us, James O'Neill, Lucy Bella-Earl, and I, Luke Cupforth, bring together three of the most divisive stories of the week. Our wonderful Josh Winslade will have 20 seconds to respond with his gut feeling on the story with absolutely no research, after which we will have an attempt at educating Josh. Welcome back, lads. Hello. How are you feeling about your story today, James? Good. It's uh, it's a, it's light-hearted, but it's an important issue. I have the most light-hearted story I've ever brought to this. I know. <laughs> I've, I've seen it. Excited for your story. Oh, great. It sounds like we're discussing really important things this week. <laughs> really, really We important. are. They just have funny, funny right, undertones as well. It's quite, it's quite All right. So, Lucy, you started the show last week. So, could you please tell us how your story performed in the polls? Yes. I asked, should the public fund the royals? And 60% of people said no. Wow. Anti-monarchy <laughs> audience. Well, can I actually, I'm going to bring something up with yeah. this about you. Because you brought a story last week as well, talking about Kylie Jenner and milk. Yes, it did. <laughs> so what do the royals bring apart from just being a famous thing that you're meant to care about? Oh. It's the same thing. It's just you come from a background of privilege, so and you kind of look suddenly, at it differently. Oh, the Kardashians anyway, the American royals. Yeah, that's all they are. And they are considered the American royals as well. That's true, but we don't have a headline that says the Queen tries milk for the first time. We Will have you, a headline. I like, wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't stand by that comment. I'm sure there have been some ridiculous stories about the Queen and what yeah, they do. Yeah, probably. To be fair, all right. There James. was a headline the other day where Meghan Markle closed the door and she wasn't. Oh meant to. yes, we did hilarious. see that. There's, okay, there's more. There's more to that story. But anyway, Jess on Twitter said, "I think at the end of the day, money makes money, and I'm perfectly happy to pay under one pound a year in order to support any royal event or tour." Good for you, Jess. You are entitled well, to that just, opinion. That one pound could go to the NHS, but okay. All right, don't drag Jess. Feisty. James, your story was second. How did it perform? My question was, is it appropriate for Drake and Millie Bobby Brown to be texting? And it was so divided. 51% said no. 
43% said yes. Did I actually successfully convince the audience? <laughs> well, I'm not sure because it, it is still still very divided. Yeah, I don't think you really, I don't think anyone put forward a kind of decent argument about yeah, that I story. I think, well, to be fair, I think we all agreed in the end that it was mainly about whether the parents are, are aware or not. I think not. we did. I think that's all that, that, yeah. Yeah, if the parents are aware, you know. As long as they're on top of it. Uh, Tom on Twitter said, if her parents are aware of it and fine with it, then it's really up to them. We are in no way responsible for raising her, as long as it's legal, of course. By in which case, if it's legal, we're all responsible for raising her, apparently, according to Tom, so yeah. that's interesting. I also am Millie Bobby Brown's legal guardian. I don't know if you guys know that. Anyway, so my... Luke is not I Millie Bobby Brown's suspicion. legal guardian <laughs> at all. Please don't sue me, Millie. My story was last, last week, and it is that. Is our obsession with Kylie Jenner destructive for society? Oh. And we had, divided again, but 50% yes, 46% no. I'm very proud of my... my <laughs> Hating everything fans out there. All of the polls were quite divided last week, weren't they? They were very. Well, yes. Wow. CC on Twitter said, It's a little lame, but I don't think it gets to be destructive for society. We're probably just losing our ability to tell what's important and what's not. That's Which, probably the smartest thing. That yeah. was my point. <laughs> That's a good Thanks, point. Thanks, CC. I don't think that was your point at all. And also, let's just remember that Twitter's about, it is meant to be a place for fun, which is the platform it was on. So I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't look too Wait, much into it. Yeah, you were the one that was saying it was destructive. Exactly. So, so he's yes. it's not. <laughs> yes, I know, but... Oh. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just so happy about that poll result that I just started believing everything was good for me. <laughs> okay, anyway, Lucy, could you please start the show with your story for this week? So, my story comes from The Echo. Elderly driver loses licence after driving the wrong way along the A13. We've all been there. No, we haven't. <laughs> that's, that's a Saturday night. <laughs> I have, but that's another story. Carry on. Oh my God, please tell me afterwards. Right, here are the three things that you need to know, Josh. A crash took place near a junction connecting the A13 with the M25 after a car was reportedly seen driving at around 60 miles an hour the wrong direction down the road. In Britain, there is no legal limit on the age you need to stop driving. Instead, motorists over 70 have to fill in a self-assessment form every three years, asking them to declare if they have any medical conditions that could make them unsafe to drive. That is ridiculous. Self-assess and continue. Sorry. According to the road safety charity Brake, poor eyesight is thought to be the biggest health-related cause of crashes, with 2,900 casualties a year. The DVLA, which maintains the database of registered drivers, said there's no evidence that older drivers are more likely to cause accidents. However, some argue that over the age of 80, drivers are likely to be involved in more crashes as their general health and fitness deteriorates. So, my question for you is, should there be an age limit on driving? 20 seconds, Josh. Go. No. But people shouldn't self-assess. Self-assessment ah. is the worst <laughs> idea, isn't it? Like, that's ridiculous. I mean, people, if you had a hard age limit, then yeah, someone's going to be more fit at 60 than someone else is, or 70 or 80. Absolutely. So that seems a little bit ridiculous. But the fact that someone goes, can you see? And they're like, oh, well, I really need, you know, need to take my grandkids to school still. So they're just like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, it's the independence, isn't it? Yeah, it's very hard to sign away your own independence. Mm. So no, people aren't capable of that an optician very capable a doctor also very also capable, very capable. Wow. people who haven't been trained with medical degrees not very capable so do you think <laughs> doctors should be obliged 
to tell on or kind of inform the DMC why? I think they do. The DVLA. The DMC, the deeper meaningful conversation. The DVLA. I think they already do. Ah, but they're not actually legally obliged. But they do. They have a duty to. I think there should be a legal obligation. Obligation. I think the problem with having a legal obligation is that. The problem with that is that, say, someone causes an accident because of poor eyesight, and two weeks before they were in their doctors, the doctor didn't catch it. Would the doctor then be liable? Like, I think that would get quite complicated. That's true. That's I, true. I think it should be a yearly catch-up. Do you yeah. Know what I mean, like a yearly checkup that you know the doctor goes, yeah, they're fine. Or, at least, no, they're yeah, not. at least after a certain age. Doctor and optician. In reality, yeah. I think I think that basically we should switch to a system whereby our license expires, say, every 10 years for all of us, and we have to reset a test. No, I think that would be ridiculous, I just think- because the, the test conditions have to be relearned, and people wouldn't, some, maybe they can't afford to go through well, it, it again. it doesn't necessarily have to be the same test, but some kind of test that says, are you still fit to drive, in order to renew your license. It doesn't have to be the same test. It could be just driving somewhere and being able to operate. Well, I suppose, to be fair, car. people's every- eyesight goes... Before they're 70 even yeah. like The fact that there is nothing in between Passing your licence and 70 Is probably a bit ridiculous Yeah I agree And I also find it slightly uncomfortable That the age Age is At the end of the day It's just an arbitrary number mm. I have a grandparent yeah, Who true. is 95 Who other than like His bones Would be perfectly fine to drive And I have another grandparent Who's 79 Who doesn't know where she is half the time and would not be okay to drive mm, and they're, yeah. they're very different ages and it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. and people's bodily health deteriorates at different speeds mm. but I think that that brings up the point of, of what you said about the 10 year testing mm-hmm. someone's health can deteriorate so quickly maybe 5 years that was a yeah. number yeah just to get kind of back to it a little bit no one drives like they do when they're taking their test no God, no. Oh, you're, you drive your best on your test. At all, at all. After you've passed your test, no one in their life will ever drive that well again. Hey, I now. can guarantee that's pretty much a fact. <laughs> well, no one will that's, ever drive. Maybe that's an incentive too. My on actually, well. no. My granddad did. My granddad, who's now ninety-five, he was part of some elite society of really good drivers or something. I can't remember what it's called. And that's uh, an incentive. He absolutely Luke revealing did. more about his privileged background. <laughs> <laughs> my my granddad being an elite tennis club in Wimbledon. <laughs> I have to go pick up my granddad from the elite driving club. <laughs> Shut up! I hate you all. Can I just leave? When did this stop being educating Josh and start being bullying Luke? <laughs> all people are the least able of all of us to get around. Mm. And also, yeah, we're, also now, we're on the way. Yes, exactly. And we're also on the way to having self-driving cars anyway. So if we were going to make this legislation, it should have been like 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, it's kind of, like it'll be years. a little bit too late, won't yeah, it? Yeah, in 10 years, all these old people will have cars that do it themselves. Probably pick them up from the front door. Lovely. That would be nice. I think that the focus needs to be on all of these young drivers that are causing all the yes. problems. Lucy, does that is that a nice segue into some research? Well, that you did? I have been doing some research, but I'm not going to do like a big old statistic. But proportionally, the 16 to 20 age group causes way more accidents than really? that, that result in serious injury or death than. The over 75. I have a why friend in school who flipped his car is? over the day he passed his test and wrote off his brand new car. Oh my God. I, I, think I reversed 100 metres out of buying my car, reversed into the person behind me and had to have the police escort me away. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> to be fair, I did crash like three days after my test as well. So. Yeah, but you're in Australia where you can drive really young. I know. I was coming out of a car park as well. I was like, There's, it's too compact for me. <laughs> I'm used to open space. Yeah, I, I think that... I mean, they do have things that try and put young drivers off um, 
you know it's double points it's things like that Mm. Um, so I do think it should be at all not if you're in a crash because it might not be your fault but if you cause anything due to reckless driving between a certain age it should be you just lose your license Mm. and you reset your test but Mm -hmm. um, I think the idea of points or the idea of the the system that we've got at the moment and this is going to be extremely unpopular probably not with our demographic but with an older demographic if you cause an accident you should just lose your license I agree at least for a while at least for a while you should have to 100% reset your test every time you cause an accident points are just like lucky strikes aren't they yeah I really agree with that like I I don't understand why there's this whole idea that you can break the law this you can break the law three times (laughs) do you know what I mean you can speed three times it's like no if you're the kind of moron that you know is going to speed and cause potential harm to someone or kill a child because you can't pay attention enough when you're driving a big machine to not go over 50 miles an hour or 30 miles an hour you don't deserve to drive because if there's any other situation where you hurt somebody you'd go to prison I know like through negligence like it doesn't matter if you meant to do it you're negligent and you should be, go to you should go and have some punishment see I think the issue with the elderly drivers though and the reason it makes you know such massive headlines is because it's not just someone speeding or overtaking in a silly way it's someone often someone going completely the wrong way down a road so how do we get that testing in how do we make sure that they can drive continuously and happily up until the point where they are not physically able to I mean it, I think probably the reason we don't have a yearly check up on optical things and the stuff like that is because it would cost the NHS physically couldn't do it sure. for everyone yeah. in the country every year so that's probably why it's why it's very unrealistic and I think you can safely assume that up until you're 30 there's less risk of certain diseases mm. up until you're 50 there's a slightly higher risk and things like that but I definitely think 40 50 plus when these diseases do become a thing people should be tested every five years for a while then every three years then every two years and, yeah, and that just be a yeah, thing yeah. I really stick by thinking that the, the doctors and the opticians should have a duty to inform the DVLA illegal ob- doctors have enough to do though I know they Surely have, they have so I mean, much to do if they have a check up they see that somebody really isn't isn't all, the, all there no yeah. <laughs> I think it should be that a person has a legal obligation to book an appointment that certifies them with the doctor yeah. and that the DVLA revoke their license until they receive that certificate every nice. year because that's a way of taking the admin like load off the hospital and things like that and it does put more work on the DVLA but the DVLA earn a, f- a lot of money <laughs> in speeding fines like they earn a lot of money like All no right. one should feel bad for the DVLA <laughs> so in summary I think old people if you're listening you can carry on driving, driving in our experience. opinion we like you <laughs> alright and you can let us know what you think over in Twitter and our polls at Educating Josh, it is time for the second story of the week. That is my story. Okay, Josh, my story comes from the Metro and it is that Manchester Students' Union bans clapping and says that jazz hands should be used instead. Here are the three things you need to know. The University of Manchester's Student Union passed a resolution banning the practice at the first meeting of the year. The organisation has replaced clapping with jazz hands in a bid to prevent people suffering from anxiety or sensory issues. Sarah Khan, Liberation and Access Officer, put the motion forward in a bid to encourage student groups and societies to do the same 
and to include BSL clapping as part of the inclusion training. Motions need a 66% majority to pass, and it was reported that there was little opposition. However, the decision has come in for ridicule on social media, with some saying it's a further example of the so-called snowflake generation. Piers Morgan tweeted, Britain is losing its mind. My question for you is, is banning clapping a step forward for inclusivity or political correctness gone mad? 20 seconds, Josh. Go. I don't think it's either. Okay. Please do explain. Um, Well, I... Um, I don't know. I don't think every school needs to now sit there and debate whether it needs to ban clapping or not, or be branded as uninclusive. But also, I think the University of Manchester potentially then has a high number or percentage of people with anxiety or sensory issues for this to become a thing, I think, potentially, by the sounds of it. Like, if that's happened, they must have quite a high intake of those kind of students. Um, I just think it's a step forward for niceness. Sure. Like, I I just think it's a nice thing that they've recognised this and they've gone... Hey, let's do jazz hands instead of clapping because we're setting some people off and it's not very nice for some some of the people that are in the room that can't not be in the room who we we want there as well because they deserve to have the same educational experience as us. Mm-hmm. Let's not clap and scare the hell out of them yeah. and set them off. It could be quite scary. I mean, the thing is, I like clapping. When I do something good and people clap, I feel really good. Like it, it's a nice thing. So it does it does suck a little bit. I, I enjoy I, clapping as well. Yeah. There's something satisfying about clapping, isn't it? Yeah, and when you clap it's like you're celebrating something and the the part of me that finds it a little bit silly is that if you're at an event and your anxiety or your sensory issues are that bad that you can't you know something like that could trigger you something like clapping you're not going to be at the apple event because they're going to play a trailer that's going to be loud and bright and big noises with big speakers that are sound designed to make an impact yeah so yeah that would be that would be inclusivity gone crazy for you to demand that Apple the other do events that. do it. Um, but the fact that it's a school, it's a school where it's... You have no choice of being there. You have no choice of being there and these people exist. And I think for me, it makes sense that in an assembly or a Well, talk, the Students' Union, I, you can. Yeah, Manchester Students' Union, you can choose to be at those events or not. It's not like you're forced to be there. But I think it means, doesn't it mean they've banned it across the board in okay. the school? I'm assuming it means the practice that. at their first meeting of the that's year. The practice, I mean, I think that's the practice they're going to take at that or school. Or unless right. it's the way that the students' union communicate with each other, in mm. which case I assume they have a few board members that are board members, but you know what I mean? I think I read somewhere that there's two... Mem- there's, it was brought up because there's two specific students on the students' from, union that suffer from audio hypersensitivity. And um, autism was the other one. On the students' union? Uh, I think so. I'm not quite sure, actually. So what if there has been a person that has been groped by all of the members of a jazz band? Do you think they'd find jazz jazz hands triggering? Whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> what? Like, what? Um, you know, can you imagine that happening to you and then you're sat with loads of people doing jazz well, hands? Well, what I was thinking is that... Um, if it's inclusive, then blind people can't really get behind jazz hands. Well, I they? think that the jazz hand thing actually comes from deaf society. I think I think people who are deaf and when you have a meeting of deaf people, yeah, but what about they, blind people? But most deaf people can see. Well, so yeah. So blind them. people, I I don't know. I suppose that throws up another issue. Maybe, yeah. But the issue being that how pe- can we include people everyone? who suffer from hypersensitivity? So the, 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 yeah, um, it can get quite scary for them. Yeah, clapping. Whereas if you're blind and there's jazz hands going on, you're not really. Someone can tap you, maybe. So I just I, I hate Pierce Morgan's kind of 
snowflake generation comments and things like that. I do think that's they're the other, very... That's the other half of this issue. <laughs> you know, and I think the problem with this is that the way this is being presented is it's either okay or it's snowflakes. When you're given such harsh extremes for the one side and the other, people feel like they can't have a middle ground. And I think that's a problem. I don't agree with Pierce Morgan and I don't agree that it's completely a step forward for inclusivity. I feel like there's a... It's a case-by-case case thing. Like, I get you. Do you know what I mean? In I a think- situation where it's an educational environment, where there are people there with sensory issues, you know, it has to be debated. You can't just have one thing for everything. Because, say, Birmingham University decided to employ this for all their assemblies, and like you just said, there's a high percentage of blind people there. They'd kind of be like, well, hang on, this definitely isn't inclusivity because we're being yeah. excluded. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to take into the account, and I'd hope in that scenario it wouldn't be jazz hands. It would be, I don't know, it'd be something like rubbing your hands together uh, so you can hear it or clicking your hands or something that is a nice compromise between the people with anxiety and sensory issues and the people that are blind so mm-hmm. I, and I also feel like just because you have an issue just because you're anxious and just because you have a sensory issue doesn't mean that everything gets catered to you People have to put up with things they don't yeah. like all the time. That's you, why, that's why you just because it's... you have a disease that you can't help doesn't mean you can't compromise. So, okay, clapping's really triggering, but rubbing your hands, it's a lot quieter, it's a lot softer. Like, nothing entitles mm-hmm. you to the like That is, in, you know, it is being more inclusive, but again... What about sure, blind it's about, people? It's about everyone else being selfless and, and doing it voluntarily yeah. rather than you demanding it. But what about, do you not think right. on any okay. level that this okay. is a bit of a slippery slope in that if you ban clapping, for example, are you then going to ban laughter? Because laughter is also a loud sound that people might get triggered by. People might have their own triggers yeah, from laughter. People understand that that's, you know, uh, that can't be helped. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know, like, Actually, that's a very good point. Also, that is a very good point because you laugh and you do you clap. Laugh, it's, it's Clapping is a natural it's, thing. It is, it a, is when completely you natural. Babies do it. Babies um, do it. Monkeys do it. Like every, uh, like people do that to sort of encourage them. Yeah, I, babies I don't, learn it from their parents. I don't necessarily I agree with it. it. I don't think it's a step forward for inclusivity because this is where it gets weird because by doing that, you're excluding a lot more of the population yeah. because they're not allowed. Yeah. Because they're not allowed to clap. Because do you not have to set us? Because you're then like deciding... You, you, you're like going again you go back to this place where it's like well let's cater to these people not that's these why, people and that's why I think it's a nice thing and that what you were saying before about it's being divided as either you're overly like you're, you're the most virtuous person ever or you're just a Political correct. Yeah, political I, I correct also I, I don't think it's political correctness gone mad. Like political correctness gone mad for me was like when the princess was born. And it was like don't refer to her as a she because she's not old enough to decide her gender yet. Like that was kind of like that was too much for me. That was where I went. Hmm. But like <laughs> um, <laughs> alone in your room. Hmm. <laughs> said Josh. Yes. Yes. That's exactly how it happened. Hmm. <laughs> Josh pondered that for me is political correctness gone mad like you know they didn't apply a gender they applied a sex 
So anyway, let's not yeah, get into that. It's a whole separate issue. Or, or I mean, is, is not this already, is, is laughing and clapping and, and making sound already demographic in that it's things that have evolved for over millions of years and we've sort of all agreed on it already? Like, whether actively or inactively, these are things that have evolved that we all socially agreed upon our norms. And so... Well, uh, tough. Actually, in my opinion, no, tough. <laughs> I don't care what, I don't care what <laughs> you used to. We were used to racism for a long time and we changed that, thank God. You know, and we're still struggling to change it completely used to slavery so yeah we were used to we were used to slavery we were you know we're used to a lot of things that we need to change i'd like to know if there's a further compromise that maybe these people with sensory issues could use like some sort of noise cancelling headphones oh, that was going to be my next something point like that yeah i think so outright they can make their own effort isn't especially the, in this case okay. when it's when it's two students can't they just provide like noise cancelling headphones or earplugs or something that can I agree help that, reduce that. the sound input yeah but they voted I don't I, I, think I know they is, voted this but is a, did, an amazing example of I democracy they, and I don't know if they considered be. these other options you know alright so that sounds like it's going to be option three other so this will be decided by our polls next week and you can let us know what you think over on Twitter at Educating Josh it is time for the last story of the week and that is James's story it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. My story comes from the Daily Express and the headline is Theresa May to launch Festival of Britain to boost post-Brexit UK. Here are the three things you need to know. The Prime Minister has scheduled 2022 as the year to hold the national celebration, which would replicate the 1951 event of the same name. Theresa May boasted the event would showcase Britain's talent in the post-Brexit world, with Britain's best in business, arts and sports taking centre stage. Mrs May hailed the proposed festival as a chance to mark this moment of national renewal with a once-in-a-generation celebration. The government has earmarked £120 million for the project, which they hope will return billions. 
However, many are not convinced. Social media users almost immediately leapt on the announcement, demonstrating the scale of the task ahead if the event is truly to reunite the nation. Labour MP David Lammy described the entire proposal as historically illiterate. He said, The Labour government's 1951 Festival of Britain marked a new era of growth and international cooperation, the opposite of where this Tory government is taking us. My question to you, Josh, is, will the Festival of Britain unite the United Kingdom? 20 seconds, Josh. Go. I mean, I I don't know, but... Of course I don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> well, it hasn't happened yet. We don't I shall look into the future. Yeah, it'd be extremely arrogant of Dr. me to answer Stranger. that question specifically. Um, so I'm going to ignore that question, guys. Right, I enough. apologize. The question I'm going to answer is, should we have a Festival of Britain? Which I'm, I think we shouldn't. Um, just a bit of a disclaimer. I'm not the most patriotic person in the world. So if I come across as slightly dismissive towards something like this, then that's kind of, you know, I do apologize to anyone that is a complete loyalist out there and very patriotic towards our great British flag you're forgiven um yes um I um I celebrating joining something to me seems positive celebrating leaving something like that just feels not elitist but I don't know it just it makes me feel like we're I don't want to celebrate Brexit I don't feel like Brexit should be celebrated do you know what I mean? Does does anyone feel like I get you. we should it's like, celebrate Brexit? It's like if you live with the same housemate for years and then you move out of that house and you celebrate leaving that person behind. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah what, you're what, right. It's we like, have Independence Day in America, which celebrates leaving. I just, I, do you not find it quite awkward when you're talking with an American about Independence Day and this whole mm. idea of... <laughs> No, no, I don't personally, because I think the Britain that they were escaping from was a bad force for the world. They were British themselves. Like, uh, just uh, this, that whole idea of things just co- completely astounds me. Like, yeah, there was a mad king. You know, as a nation, they needed to separate its rule from that. But the idea that culturally you're any different, it's just people. And, and if anything, doesn't, you know, the, the famous football match at, at Christmas between Germany and the UK between the English mm-hmm. troops and the, yeah. and the German troops during the war, you have a tyrannical leader that's forcing a country to do something that has completely brainwashed a country into doing something. The people don't speak for that. Does that make sense? That's why war is disgusting. They just wanted to celebrate Christmas and, and, and everything's forgotten. And we're doing what... The, it's, just, it's, it's a horrible state of affairs where you're celebrating discourse where you're celebrating non-unity of an entire world. Everyone is a human, no matter their color, no matter their race. I don't like patriotism. I don't like being proud of my country because I don't want to distinguish myself in any way from any other human on the planet. We're all a human. Mm -hmm. So it makes me very uncomfortable when you it just makes me uncomfortable. I don't think it's the right way of thinking. I think we should cherish our heritage and cherish our past and our traditions and our cultures. I just think the way we do that at the moment isn't through, it isn't through expanding that and giving it to other cultures and including people in that. We do it by going, no, this is ours and that's yours. And these are our differences and we're going to celebrate us and your you. And I don't think that's healthy. See, I think that 
for me patri- I wish I was patriotic I'm like you Josh I'm not <laughs> patriotic but that's because I don't believe our country's doing the best things in the world I don't believe our, any of our societies in the west are doing the best things in the world so I'm not proud no, I'm no. Very, but I wish I was I wish I had something to be proud of and one of the things that but, I but, but in the right way like you can be proud of your country but he means not in changing his mindset now to be patriotic as in I wish the country, my country changes to yeah. match what he thinks now to match values okay, I kind of, I kind of understand you like you can understand why the Swedish are very proud of themselves right now because of you know I'm, I may be getting it wrong but I think it is Sweden that's very amazing like that and it's they, a lot of the Scandinavian countries yeah, yeah are extremely good at, at looking after just people and they all pay high taxes but they all live a lot nicer for it so um I don't know. I just, I just don't like the idea of this festival of of, of Britain. Uh, will it? I don't know if it'll unite the UK. I think it's just going to highlight some people voted no, some people voted yes. So, in my general opinion, I don't think it will unite the UK. I'm assuming it's to, you know, reach out and bring business into the country. And they'll <laughs> yes, basically, and, that and does. What it is. I think that's exactly what it is. Um, it's an expo for, for all of us. It's basically yeah. a convention to you know to sell us to the world, which is pretty friggin' miserable. <laughs> um, yeah. So are what, we are we looking too far into this? I'm up for a good party. I love like a jubilee. I'm not a royalist. <laughs> I can't wait to have a street party. I'm always up for a party. Britain. I don't know if I want to celebrate Brexit, but I don't know if it's particularly good or particularly harmful or I don't know I it's just hope we all get a day off work <laughs> says I mean, yeah. all of us there are, very much there are more there are more you know uh, harm, harmful I don't know there are worse holidays out there that we should be um, I don't know about Britain Australia Day is one that I don't like in Australia because oh, really? what's Australia Day Do Australia tell. Day oh it's celebrating when the colonizers first settled and you know Oh, wiped out enslaved the enslaved all the oh, Aboriginal dear. people. Oh god, that's horrible! Uh, took all of their children. Oh, all right, no. Josh, I think you might be right. This is yeah, terrible. I just, I just, I do think there should be. I just don't like that. I don't know. Like a festival of Britain would be nice if we were celebrating the bits of our culture that are nice. Um, yes, not industry. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. What's my favourite bits about being British? Um, just off the top of my head it aren't really ours they're things that we've inherited stolen it was christmas i love tea stolen uh, tea tea yeah yeah it's tea tea i love that i do love tea Tea's that's indian. very true love but tea. it's indian pims christmas is, is gin, nordic is gin english as far as i'm concerned british culture is invading and killing and destructing destruction and and Mass colonizing colonization of, of of people <laughs> with smaller weapons than us. Like I can't. So, do you think we should feel ashamed rather than feeling proud? I'm very ashamed to be British. Oh, you see, I'm neither ashamed nor proud. I'm just like, whoop! I, uh, yeah, accident- I was I'm born. I wasn't an accident. But like, I think we're all individuals, though, and it's not like we Absolutely. should be ashamed of ourselves. I, I had no say in that decision. It's just that we all voted for no, someone that do, got put into power. We do, just like myself, read it in the papers. And do nothing. And do nothing. So in conclusion, will the Festival of Britain unite the UK? Maybe. No, it Should will distract it? us. Should it? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, and you can let us know what you think over on Twitter in our polls at Educating Josh. It is time for a quick fire round. Josh, card giant Moonpig have taken to social media to beg their customers to stop uploading photos of their genitals. Should people be allowed to put dick pics on their greetings cards? Yeah, of course they should. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hashtag free the willy. Why are we reducing, wow. it? Why are we reducing it to dick pics? They just said genitals, you know? 
Don't make Stop. this problematic. Be more inclusive. Should, uh, should Josh, should they be able to put pictures of anything on what there? What would the female equivalent be? Slash snaps or something? Lucy! Snaps. What is wrong with you? I don't know. It just you comes just, out. You just reduced your vagina to a slash. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, JJ. Objectivity at its finest. Josh, oh a man named Luke Anus has changed his name on Facebook after the site wouldn't allow him to use his real name and probably because he was fed up of being the butt of too many jokes that was the actual headline by the way should Facebook block your name if it is rude no that's okay. quite childish Facebook I used to laugh at the word Willy when I was five Luke as well anus. anus yeah anus is my stage name what about Aunt Fanny <laughs> I used to live with Facebook yeah. <laughs> yeah that was just a story about me anyway <laughs> sexting and online sex chat rooms have slashed teenage pregnancy rates is this a great thing for society or will it turn us into horny bedroom photographers <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just love that. It's very sad, it's really, a, isn't I think it? It's kind of really sad. It's it a good really story, sad. but then it has a very sad undertone that nobody but nobody does anything together anymore. Pregnancy is down. Yeah. That was a massive issue. That was in the news all the time, and then it just went away with Snapchat. Yeah. Okay, and guys, the good news story of the week is that a video is doing the rounds online of a seal slapping a kayaker with an octopus after mistaking him for a rock. <laughs> Imagine being mistaken for a rock. Well, I saw that video. But also, really why funny. do seals slap rocks with octopi? <laughs> to kill them. To tenderize oh. the meat. Oh, oh, to oh, kill them, Oh, yeah. okay, interesting. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Educating Josh. It's been a very calm, lovely, tranquil week this week. I've enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Educating Josh. We'll leave polls and content from each of today's topics, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. We also want you to send in more questions for next week's Quick Fire Round. Please go subscribe, and most importantly, leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. This has been Educating Josh, a Studio 71 production. We'll see you next week for another episode of Educating Josh. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.